Hello, everyone, and welcome to Green Rapids Podcast. Woo! Perfect. That was great. That was on the money. No, literally everybody who does this is out for our job. <laughs> it's official. Hi, everyone. My name is Ned Andre. I am the C4 Project Coordinator. C4 is an affectionate shortening of the Community Collaboration on Climate Change, which can be a mouthful or an emailful. So a lot of people <laughs> like to call it C4. I would say more of an email full than anything. It's an email full. You do one of those emails that I'm like, oh, <laughs> I had to type it out. No, but it's definitely one of those, like, uh, you remember it. So That's right. Yeah, and thank you for uh, the work that you're doing in the city and getting involved. Um, I think we're really excited to talk to you about that more than anything. Hey, my privilege. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll just start at the top and work our way through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what got you into this work? Um, so, like, Nancy and... I mentioned before uh, we started this, you were a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, like, how long were you a teacher for? And then, like, what made you kind of shift this way? I yeah. Guess. I want to know what that transition was like. Yeah. Well, I have, I was a teacher. I graduated from Calvin College with a history major, political science minor, okay. and a teaching certificate. Mm-hmm. And I taught in the public schools for 30 years okay. and then retired. So you've been oh. in this area like your entire life. I'm born and raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan. B okay. and Ard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. St. Mary's Hospital down by the Grand River. So oh, wow. local, Sam local. Cook. Did I they... was born. <laughs> the I, th- I feel like you should get a plaque or something. <laughs> like I've been here. That's very cool. Yeah. Oh, that should be like an achievement that people could unlock. Like I've marked like wait. I won't ask how old you are, but you could be like, I have like X amount of years. Oh, you're, you're oh, an expert. Yeah. I've been here. So, yeah. So in my teaching career in the social science field, I was teaching a lot of geography. Mm-hmm. And so as a teacher, of course, you're teaching the historical, the current, and then the future. What's going to happen in the future? Yeah, right. And that. there was all this data and science and evidence mm-hmm. coming out that human beings were having an impact, a, a significant and powerful impact on the environment on the atmosphere mm-hmm. on yeah. the planet yeah and so i was an early adapter of hey uh, we've got to be careful mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. human consumption the number of people on the planet can all spell disaster for all the other living things and yeah. even become an existential uh, threat for mankind mm-hmm. yeah so my first foray into climate justice was really educating my students and just saying mm-hmm. hey you so guys you just brought it into the classroom. I did. So that's cool. That is yeah. not super a lot. Not enough cool. teachers are doing that out there. Yeah. So for many many years, I just was educating youth about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like that's so cool too because you must have been talking about this when it wasn't necessarily like a hot topic. It was just like something you're seeing. Like you said, you're you're seeing trends and you're teaching children about the differences in climate. And you can't help but notice that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Wow. And so I I became concerned you know i just yeah. you know every you know they're talking about the end of the butterflies the end of the frogs yes. the end of the wildebeest the yeah. end of the elephants hey save totally. the seals save the save the brazilian rainforest we've mm-hmm. got to stop doing this and it was just to me i heard the kind of mm. heard a clarion call that yeah we as human beings every single one of us are responsible for mm-hmm. this planet and yes. then i would be you know I'm a big uh, fan of cosmology as well. Mm -hmm. And if you remember when the astronauts would first go out into outer space and they get out to the moon and they turn and look out the other window and Mm -hmm. they see this tiny little earth behind them Mm -hmm. in the vastness of space. And Mm -hmm. then 
they take these photographs back and you all we all came to the conclusion this is it we got one planet the rest yeah. of them are <laughs> too far away to get yeah. to or really just like a shift of perspective yeah um, were you, did you say retired for very long before transitioning into sea for work or were you just like when, I'm done teaching like let's go save this planet <laughs> no I retired and then I took a trip around the world yeah. what yeah. oh okay <laughs> where Can did we? you go yeah give us like the lowdown give us like a what five minute like bit of like what you did where you went okay well the big ticket for me was I wanted to return to Africa I want to turn to the, you know, the motherland. Okay. And I'm half Dutch, half Nigerian. Okay. I wanted to trace my biological father's um, roots, trace mm-hmm. my roots. In mm-hmm. your, was your dad like Nigerian culture, Nigerian? He Does he from know? from Nigeria. Wow. Came so to the United knew, States. You know exactly mm-hmm. where your roots come from? Nope. I, I have, oh? there's a little mystery involved in that, you know. <laughs> no. he, neither he nor my uh, biological mother could care for us, so. Oh, okay. Um, oh. I was searching for my long lost Okay. Father. So you were adopted. Correct. But you knew that you came from people who originated from these spaces. That's right. Okay. <gasps> Ned, your story what? keeps getting cooler it's and we've deep. rolled okay, me like okay, a couple so, minutes. It's in. deep. So what I did was I so you went to Africa, the mother. Yep, had. I went to my I went to my adoption file and I mm-hmm. searched for every clue possible. Uh, and then I went to the Netherlands mm-hmm. and then I went to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And I didn't just want to uh, visit Nigeria, vacation in Nigeria. Yeah. I wanted to live in Nigeria, so I stayed for 75 days. <gasps> what? Yep. I had a host family and um, just had the most incredible physical, spiritual, emotional, intellectual journey of mm-hmm. a lifetime. Uh, no yep. kidding. Can I ask how old you were when you did that? Um, I was 53. That's so cool. That's yeah. cool. No, because you've had so many experiences. Like, you've lived into the person that you are and then you get to have this like next level experience when you're so sure it was amazing but so yeah i was over there for 75 days i was in the big city of lagos 20 million nigerians there was in the capital city maybe Mm -hmm. there's four million nigerians there and then i found a man that could have been my birth father Oh, and I went to. How does one go about someone who could probably be your right? Oh, I had this whole host of Nigeria clues. Nigeria is huge, right? It is, but I had enough information. I had a one paragraph kind of biography in my file, oh, okay. and I took that information and all the clues that were in there. And I just we don't have time for all the details, but right, I right. found a man who could have been. So I went to a little <laughs> town in um, Calabar. Maybe there's 150 thousand people there. Okay, and so I saw <laughs> the whole plenty. country. <laughs> And found um, this gentleman, was real close, it seemed like, but then the DNA test came back and said he was not my biological father. Dang. But the odds with the name and everything, like he could have potentially been related at some point down the line, mm-hmm. or, yeah, you know, was, just names travel like yeah, that. So. Yeah, what was more of the circumstances of his life, and okay. long story short, but mm-hmm. had an incredible mm-hmm. adventure in Nigeria, but by this time I was um, retired. And I was in community. So after I retired, I started swimming in the grassroots, I I like to say. Mm -hmm. And I had climate change, you know, it was still in my heart and on my mind. Mm -hmm. And even when I went on this trip around the world, I witnessed it with my own eyes. All the um, climate justice issues, environmental justice issues. Probably more pronounced in some countries across the ocean, right? Oh, so much more. Well, you know, even in Nigeria, people say, oh, the weather is so unusual. It's hotter than it has been. Or Mm -hmm. 
why is the rain acting so funny? I was there uh, kind of in rainy season, and they weren't getting some of the continual steady rainfall that they were getting. They were going many, many days without rain and then suddenly getting yeah. all the rain that they get over 12 days, they get it all in one storm. And right, so, which causes ooh. flooding as well, right? That's right. So you're going from drought to flood, drought to flood. It's like... Yeah. Yep, and I was I was on, in Lagos, I was on the islands, which is, um, I was on Ikoyi Island, mm-hmm. and it was all land that had been reclaimed from the sea. So what? when you think about the Netherlands and the, the lowland lands that were reclaimed from the sea or Lagos or other, there are a lot of island nations Mm -hmm. in the Pacific. Mm -hmm. So I was literally, uh, after one of the big rainstorms, I was trapped in my home for about 12 hours because I couldn't get out with flood water. And 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that whole part of Nigeria, Ikoyi Island. um, It's probably going to be underwater because of the rising sea levels. Yep. Gosh, that's so scary to put it. Because, I mean, like, I guess it's one thing to think of it in the abstract of, like, places you haven't been to or never experienced. But, like, you've been there and you've yeah. experienced it. So then you're like, oh, shoot, like, this is not going to be here for much longer. That's exactly right. Yikes. Oh, my goodness. And then but environmentally, also- um, single-use plastics. Um, yeah. So even here in Grand Rapids, um, mm-hmm. one of the things you'll know about trash, trash, mm-hmm. there's equity issues in trash. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. oh, you all you need to do is gather up your stuff and put it in a blue bin and they'll pick it up and they'll... There are a lot of people that are struggling to pay the gas bill, the light bill, and yep. the rent. And then to have this, even though it doesn't sound like much, an $8 tipping fee for a little canister, they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Same is true in um, Nigeria. So, mm-hmm. Well, and I was literally going to say the frontline communities face this. And in, front, in uh, other countries... The frontline communities face the impacts of what we're doing here mm. at home. So, like, mm. it's so much further than, like, the trash outside of your house. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the entire trash of states being sent over to these areas right. and into mm-hmm. the, the ocean, which fast impacts fashion. their lives Ugh. at a rate that we can't even process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take fast fashion, for example, where they would say... Oh, let's hear it, Ned, because it's one of my least favorite things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this single-use item probably made in China or somewhere like that out of a synthetic material, mm-hmm. which is an oil-based product. So if you're using right. any polyesters, nylons, any of these, you know, that's all oil-based material. Right. Fossil fuels. Yep. And then... You buy it, it's cheap, you wear it a few times, and then you toss it, and like you just said, that, I mean, they're, they're shipping entire cargo vessels with container after container, and they think, hey, we could just get rid of this stuff in the Atacama Desert in Chile. Right. No, but the trash was an equity issue, so, mm-hmm. you know, even here, we, you know, you got a public wastebasket here and there. Mm-hmm. When it, One thing that really disappointed me about my visit to Nigeria was that single-use plastic is just everywhere, on oh. the ground. Use it dump it mm. so um it was rainy season we went to i went to this really beautiful um restaurant on the river and the night before we were going to go it had rained quite heavily oh. and then the next day we got up we went and my uh, host family was saying mm-hmm. we're going to have this wonderful time on the river this beautiful restaurant mm-hmm. um exotic location incredible scenery mm-hmm. and we get there and the entire river is one mat of of uh, single-use plastics because oh. all you know the rainwater just washes all that trail. The yeah. streets were now clear. That probably all washes down into the ocean well, too. Go, right? yeah, it goes down into the open air um, um, waste system. They don't mm-hmm. have underground piping and all this stuff. Oh, Everything just comes out of your outside. house and mm-hmm. it goes into a big trough Ooh. along the road, which mm-hmm. then goes to the river. And phew, it was unbelievable. 
Oh wow. gosh, and then, uh, that probably all leads out to the ocean, probably at some point. It right? does lead out. To well, the ocean. all rivers oh, so lead to larger bodies of water, yeah. so no matter what, it's going somewhere, that's and right. we mm-hmm. like pretend like it's a knot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it travel, and you're like, okay, off it goes. <laughs> but so oh. there I was on this, um, you know, international trip, and saying to people are talking about the weird weather and climate. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at all these consumption problems, fossil fuels. Um, and then when I came back from my trip around the world, I just was swimming in the grassroots and I got to volunteering with a whole oh, host of community. I was right. going to marches. and That's how I want to spend my retirement, too. Yeah, going to marches. Because right. well, you couldn't turn it off. Like after you see something like yeah. truly or like it's in front of your face. That's right. I got to do something. And totally. Educating the youth was great, but I need to take action. Yeah. And I was kind of in that action mode and I had been so widely known in the community that a group of people came to me and said hey there's this position that's up at the community collaboration for climate change they've got a rfp out for a project coordinator you should apply mm-hmm. and i read through the rfp mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. thought i could get on board with this mission mm-hmm. and that's what brought me to um to the community collaboration on climate change wow totally. that's exciting can we clap for that yeah yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, but what a great perspective to have, not only for like the climate justice um, scene in Grand Rapids, but for C4 as an organization. Like for you to have that scope, I think sometimes we really like. I I do want to stress how important it is to take care of frontline communities in this city, mm-hmm. but frontline goes so much further so than far. we realize. And like, if we don't have the tough discussions about other people in other countries dealing with these issues, then we don't even start to talk about like the butt of the issue. You're mm-hmm. you're you're absolutely right. So like, I really appreciate you not only for like taking time to go back to your roots <laughs> and having that spiritual journey, but like to see those, to draw those parallels. Those mm-hmm. So many people will travel to other countries and see those things and come home and still buy fast fashion yep. and mm-hmm. still do everything yep. the way that they do. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that we talk about the truths of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang, dude, mic drop. We're done. <laughs> 15 minutes in that's just told the story of a lifetime <laughs> i'm just getting started no you, you definitely are no we definitely are um so yeah how long has c4 been around then like did you start with the beginning of c4 or, nope, or was, was it already there nope i was completely unaware of c4 um it goes way back a decade or more to oh. the csp the community um sustainability project okay i think it's called um but and who was that put that together was by? primarily come came out of academia so all the colleges had sustainability you know professors talking about we got to do something and they oh. we need some way to collaborate on a larger scale city county regional mm-hmm. so they the csp formed did a lot of good work and then kind of faded Oh, that's sad. I would have loved to see what it would still do now. Well, it kind of evolved in some ways. It evolved into C4. Mm. Okay. So, so those people were like... gears a little bit? Yeah, they were kind of like, hey, you know, CSP's done its part, um, but we need to now get out of the intellectual and the conversation, and we need to take action. And mm. so we need an action-oriented group. Mm. Um, group of thinkers got together and said, hey, we could start this, the community collaboration on climate change. 
really um, kind of came out of the Office of Sustainability at the city of Grand Rapids. I was going to okay. say, I heard yeah. that was like your birthplace. Yeah, Allison Sutter was a, a really powerful driving force there. She's currently in that office. Mm-hmm. And uh, really the, the problem that they identified when the CSP was really studying and looking at the issue was mm-hmm. that the people who contribute the least to the climate justice issues, climate change and environmental issues, mm-hmm. they get impacted first. And they get impacted worse. Yeah. And so that's an injustice. That is an injustice. Totally. They wanted to say, how can we bring the BIPOC community to the table? Because, you know, it's it's black, indigenous people of color who Mm -hmm. are facing these traumas. Um, So they just did very intentional work to build something different than had been built before. Mm -hmm. So they put on paper a plan for a three-year pilot of the Community Collaboration on Climate Change. Mm -hmm. And started seating a board, and they wanted a BIPOC board. So um, C4 is incredible. We've got 23 board members, and uh, we're 60% BIPOC, and we are represented black um, Mm -hmm. people of color. We have had indigenous representation. We're um, currently Mm -hmm. looking for an indigenous uh, representative for uh, the leadership team. If you're indigenous and you're listening to this and you're interested in fighting for the climate, please apply. Please apply, but also because we need indigenous voices Mm -hmm. um, being heard and at like the beginning of these changes. um, I want to hear almost exclusively (laughs) what indigenous people have to say because Mm -hmm. they have been most affected by this in our country. What an incredible contribution they've made. I've learned so much. Totally. As a history teacher, I did talk about the Native Americans, and there's Native American history in my course, but I learned Mm -hmm. so much coming at it from this climate uh, justice perspective. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. number one, C4, we start with land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that this land was um, taken from the Anishinaabe people, Mm -hmm. people of the three fires, the Mm -hmm. Ojibwa, the Odawa, and the Potawatomi. Mm -hmm. So we recognize that this was their land. They lived here. They... um, yeah. Took care of the land. They stewarded they the did. land. They yep. took care of the Grand River that runs from Grand Rapids all the way to Grand, well, beyond Grand Rapids, but from our city all the way to Grand Haven. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they used it for treaties and they used it for safety and to transport things. Like mm-hmm. it was a huge part of their infrastructure. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I was just at the My, uh, My Healthy Climate Plan conference in Detroit mm-hmm. uh, this spring. Nice. Governor Whitmer's uh, My Healthy Climate Plan. Yeah. And there was a panel led by one of the tribal chieftains. Um, I can't recall his name or tribe at the moment, but mm-hmm. he had such an incredible story about the Native American people. Mm-hmm. Um, when when the colonists got to Michigan, Michigan had about 95% tree cover. Yeah. And the colonists, and even myself, having been influenced by the colonial way of thinking, mm-hmm. They found, they were like, oh, look at God's good hand. This mm-hmm. place is a Garden of Eden. Yeah. Plants and animals and all these resources, it's amazing. That's what we call the white gaze. That's that white gaze. Well, the manifest destiny. Yeah, manifest destiny. All these we historical. just talked about this. But, but when you decolonize your mind, you find out this Michigan wasn't a Garden of Eden just by God's good hand. Now, of course, he, God played his part. Right. But so, too, did the Native Americans who had been shepherding the forests and um, using controlled burns and planting and moving seeds and all these incredible things. Yeah, it's like they missed all of the people that were next to the animals and food and (laughs) everything that was already here. That's Mm -hmm. exactly right. Like, yeah, there's a reason why. Yeah. 
So there's people here. That's why. <laughs> yeah, and he really this tribal chieftain really helped give a story about the mindset of the Native American in mm-hmm. that they would go into the to the water and they would make the conditions right for fish. They would help oh, create conditions really? for fish, which would attract fish, mm-hmm. and then. They saw the fish as equal spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. They harvested only as many fish as they needed. Mm-hmm. And then when they captured the fish, they sing for the fish. They dance of with course. the fish. They pray respect with the its fish. Life. And they respect its life. Mm-hmm. And this story that he told, it was just so dramatically different than our Western way of thinking, which yeah. even for all the justice issues that I've got and hold my heart, for all the thi- I still have a kind of a colonized mind. And I mean, yeah. so do I. We okay. all do. I mean, <laughs> we were born and raised. Leonard. Leonard into colonialism. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, but what a great unlearning process yes. mm-hmm. right like that's all we can do is unlearn and relearn and give ourselves credit for like where we're at and i think the three of us deserve a little bit of credit well yeah, absolutely conversation I'm, I'm happy to be in the room with the two of you who are oh. climate justice leaders and environmental justice leaders right here in the city of grand rapids that's we're, we're trying it's been interesting so c4 really roots itself there that, uh-huh. on that land acknowledgement and then says we need to bring black and indigenous and people of color like Latinos and Asians mm-hmm. and but then hey let's bring the youth in they're marginalized mm-hmm. let's bring the disabled in they're marginalized mm-hmm. let's bring in mm-hmm. the unhoused um, I mean because all of these issues ultimately are becoming justices to people mm-hmm. so imagine totally. being unhoused in Grand Rapids near downtown on pretty much a slab of tarmac which is heating up like a pancake griddle mm-hmm. and you don't have shelter you right. don't have housing uh, you don't have access to air conditioning, and and even like in the winter too. Winter here can be brutal. I was, li- I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I am likely be- more better off than some people who might live in the same neighborhood that I am, as far as like where the type of job that I've been able to receive, mm-hmm. or maybe like the the services that I've been able to receive, or the resources that I've had, or you know, the list can go on. But I will tell you brutal winters and really brutal summers i was just talking to nancy about this i'm probably either gonna have to move apartments or get a second window unit because how hot it is in my apartment and and really the difference in price is going to be me paying for all that extra energy to run this other thing because it is really hot and the only way to get my um, heat in the winter is from, and everybody in my life hates this, it's a gas burner that has fire, and then it blows air onto that. And this is the reality that not only I am, I'm sure a number of my neighbors are, mm-hmm. at least three of them, because we live in the same apartment complex. And this is not to take over this conversation with my, oh, woe was me. It's just, it's the reality right of living mm-hmm. in the 07 area code. That's right. This is the reality of a lot of people. And I've chosen to live there, one, because it was in my financial scope, too. But then, two, just because... I mean, it worked. I'm a single woman, and yeah. I can live on my own. But like, how many families are subjected to this? Yeah, you touch oh, yeah, on kids uh, yeah, you touch on such a powerful point in that in the city of Grand Rapids, energy burden. Mm-hmm. There's a tremendous injustice in that. Um, there's this enormous number of BIPOC individuals who are renters, and the landlord, he's got that same old furnace in his basement that he's had for thirty 
40, 50 years because no guess what? He loves that furnace. It's, he bought it all those years ago and it's still it chugging away. Last. It was <laughs> made to last. But it's 40, 50, 60% right. efficiency at best. Mm-hmm. At best. And so, but, the, but again, the landlord doesn't have to worry because you're passing the cost on to the individual, the, to renter. the renter. Totally. And so now we have renters in Grand Rapids who are paying 20, 30, 40% of their gross income mm-hmm. on yeah. gas and electric mm-hmm. summer and winter. Because to your point, in the summer it's so hot, you got to get your uh, window units in, and mm-hmm. there's no question. I'm literally thinking about getting a second one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's I'm a single person. Yep. And I mean, then, I got cats. And but. then there you are. <laughs> the energy meter's ticking as you're mm-hmm. consuming electricity, which now goes down the line to mean we need coal, nuclear, um, gas, all of these means of production. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough solar. No. We don't have enough renewables yet. Mm-hmm. Moving in that fair. direction, mm-hmm. but the the more I've studied this issue working with C4, the, the bigger the problem becomes. But I do believe there are solutions on the horizon. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, because then, like, another thing with the houses, too, is that, like, um, for renters, you can't just, like, be like, oh, I'm just going to insulate my house better. That's right. Then it's like, you can't do anything like that to your property. It is also not yours. my responsibility to worry about these things. Like, I should be worrying about where I choose to live, right? That is more or less up to me to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But... I, it shouldn't be up to me to make sure that I have a more efficient home as a renter. That should be something that's like written into the code of renting right. a home to people. And and that's the mind shift that C4 wants to bring. It is, yeah. That it's not just the renter's responsibility or the landlord's because landlords have some challenges too. That yeah. When you say, hey, just why don't you just drop 40 grand and you're getting a new... Because, cause BRB. Ulti- well, ultimately what we need to do in this city and this country, we need electrification total electrification mm-hmm. where you get rid of all natural gas and oils and coals and all of that in the home yeah. and you go to electric appliances and you know so the hot water heater mm-hmm. the furnace the air conditioner yeah. washing machine dishwasher dryer everything's mm-hmm. electric yeah. mm-hmm. but in order to do it properly you need to upgrade electrical panels Just the we homes need to, Yep. Also so where the electricity like comes from too, because right now yeah. we all become if we all go electric, like we're still getting our energy from consumers' energy, who we is are. still making dirty electricity. That's right. So, so I've heard. It's there's layer. It's a layer like an onion. Like yes, it is. yes, it is. So um, with that being said, though, there are a lot of programs that C four is pushing for in the city um, to implement so that we can get electrification, so that the cost for landlords might not <laughs> increase too much because if a landlord has to pay another. Five to forty thousand dollars in repairs or in upgrades mm-hmm. that's going to raise my rent no yeah. doubt about it yep. and, and they're not going to ask anybody if that's okay to do yeah. they're just going to do it that's right yeah. yeah so there's a real big rethink going on now about weatherization and how um, well thankfully the investment infrastructure and job act uh, that passed under biden and oh. the inflation reduction act yeah, right. okay yeah i heard more about the ira Yep, but both bills have a lot of um, a lot of uh, line items in them that will help with weatherization of homes, oh. renewable energy, this whole host of things that need to be done in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So C4 is looking to tap into those resources. Yeah. Got some cool stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, C4 started with hyper local projects. Um, our ambassadors. Ambassadors. I was mm-hmm. just gonna ask you about them. Oh, should I do our next question? Like, what is the structure of C4? That's good. That's good. C4's got, we've got 23 leadership team directors, and then there's one project coordinator in myself. Mm -hmm. And then one of the goals of C4 is to bring the frontline community to the table. Mm -hmm. So we want to bring the BIPOC community to the table of decision making. Mm -hmm. We want to give them resources. 
then we want to activate them out in the community. So our ambassadors, when they come on board, they go through a, a climate justice leadership training program. Cool. Once there's there's a training program, and then when they're up mm, to speed, then they, well, you're a trainer. You're one of the trainers. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. All right, all right. I just did uh, a training disclosure, this Disclosure, uh, Erica is part of the leadership team. I am C4. part of the leadership team. That, that is good for full disclosure. She just recently became a <laughs> leadership did. team director with the Community Collaboration on Climate Change. Ooh. Yeah, okay, congratulations. <laughs> but the ambassadors, they... Yeah, so we brought in... Um, so right now we have 14 frontline community members who... They're all over the city of Grand Rapids, and they're from the BIPOC community. They've been through the leadership training program, and now they're going out into the city mm -hmm. to organize hyperlocal climate justice solutions, mm -hmm. whereby C4, you know, we went out, we got a grant, mm -hmm. got a good, sizable chunk of money. Mm -hmm. Rather than C4 saying, hey, we see your pro uh, problems, we think we can create a solution for you, mm -hmm. and we're going to design a program, and we're going to benefit from it, and we're going to do all this stuff too. Well, we consider the white savior modus operandi. Yes, what it is. Mm -hmm. It's too exciting. C4 mm -hmm. said, no, we're going to start from the bottom, mm -hmm. which is really the top. We're going to go to the people, mm -hmm. and we're going to find the front line. Thank you for saying that. And we're going to resource these individuals, mm -hmm. equip them, prepare them, and then say, would you go out and you find out what you and your neighbors need to do mm. in your neighborhood. Nice. Could be a yeah, a parking lot that needs to be peeled up. Or, uh, yeah. The creek that runs behind the house, maybe that needs to be cleaned up. Or mm -hmm. kids could be educated. Um, they could they choose the solution mm -hmm. that's right for them. Hey, we don't have any trees yeah. on this western-facing street, mm -hmm. and we're getting crushed by the sun every night. We need to get trees in here. Or yeah. community gardens. Mm -hmm. Or resilience hubs. Or whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. And we resource them with a $5,000 mini-grant. Um, so, yeah, we've got... Some really cool stuff going on in the city right now. And how much easier to have a conversation with someone who is like, hey, I'm your neighbor and I'm an ambassador. That's right. What do you have going on? Yeah. You know, or someone you see as like a regular because they come into a shop because C4 has people specific, not specific to neighborhoods, but we also attempt to like get people in different regions of Green Rapids, correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yep. We try to be all over the city. So we've got all four quadrants, northeast, southwest. I was going to ask if you were in all the quadrants. Yep. Okay. We're in all four quadrants. Covering bases. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, just really cool, creative stuff coming out. Um, that, you know, for example, we partner with Boston Square Church to put in a pocket mm, forest. Pocket so forest. we're going to be planting trees in a, in a kind of a community green space that will mm -hmm. create shade and a space for the neighbors and the mm -hmm. church and everybody to socialize. And we're getting rid of the Kentucky bluegrass. We're putting in Michigan oh native God. species so that yeah, we want to, we want to Michigan uh, native plants. Mm -hmm. We want to we want flowering plants that Power help pollinators. Music to my ears. Yep, we're going to do all of this kind of stuff over there. Love um, each one of the other ambassadors have their own individual projects that they're doing. They've got really exciting plans. And then just recently we uh, entered into a partnership with Friends of Grand Rapids Parks. Oh, I didn't hear about that. That's cool. Yeah, it's brand new. We're writing, we're co-writing a grant right now. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to help them plant 15,000 trees in the city of Grand Rapids. I was going to say that's still tree related. Yeah. Yeah. It would, oh. I would be surprised if it wasn't true related with its friends of Grand Rapids Park. Planting trees is like the jam. I didn't yep. know that. I mean, I'm, I, I hear them all over the yeah, place. Yeah, 10,000 trees along that. the right away, mm -hmm. 5,000 trees for giveaway to the residents on private property. Oh, wow. Oh. But furthermore, um, really getting into the urban forests of Grand Rapids because there are these, there's uh, 600 acres of urban forest in mm -hmm. um, Grand Rapids. Yeah. 
little pockets all around. Yeah. And some of them, many of them are connected to Grand Rapids parks. And okay. yeah, some of right. them are overgrown and underutilized. This not grand, with native species. Not with, there. yep, we got to get the invasive species out of there. And so there's a yeah. whole maneuver, uh, whole movement going in this grant to clean up the urban forests, mm-hmm. um, have the people do it. We resource the people in the neighborhoods around that forest to do it. Mm-hmm. And then build oh, trails. That's good. Um, you, you know, for bike, cool. biking and mm-hmm. hiking, connecting trails all through the city. It's mm-hmm. going to be amazing. That sounds, yeah, I'm excited to see Literally that. amazing. I'm and, volunteer. and it feels better than oh. just like picking up trash in your neighborhood, although that's important to do. Mm-hmm. Like, but it gets that's a daunting task. Yeah. But like to create a park for your neighborhood, I think a lot of people are going to want to jump on board. Yeah, well, this, this tree canopy is so bad. And some, okay, when you look at uh, the historical red line maps in mm-hmm. Grand Rapids, and then you look at tree canopy maps in Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. you can literally see that the the lack of investment wasn't just in the people and the housing, it was in the trees. Mm-hmm. If you drive to a nice neighborhood somewhere, guess what? You have this beautiful tree-lined road where the trees were planted 30, 40 years ago. Big, beautiful. Mm-hmm. You go down streets in my neighborhood, and it's no trees. Mm. It's We've got this heat island effect that's uh, mm-hmm. really going to be... Uh, people are going to struggle with heat this summer. You'll feel it. Oh, we're yeah. feeling it already. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, take a trip down, what, Franklin? Just slowly go. Yeah. <laughs> Until you start to hit East Grand Rapids. And you will just see the difference that yep. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You'll feel the difference yep. that you're talking about. Um, and we talk about air quality, right? Yeah. We talk about having asthma and all of those things and that being an issue in younger and in frontline and BIPOC communities. And that has to, it has to be related to it each other. It plays a factor. And, you know, air quality is a big deal for C4. Huge. So it is huge. We've got a partnership with Just Air. Are you familiar with Just Air? Yeah. And, um, Darren Ryan. We want to get more. Yeah, we want to know more about Just Air. But go on. Yeah, we've got a partnership with uh, Just Air. And mm-hmm. currently we are in a community engagement to put, they're putting seven new air quality monitors in the 49507 area code. Oh, that's Very so cool. great. So those Zip are just public, like out there constantly monitoring? Uh, or how does took, that work? Okay, so currently there are, I believe there are 25 monitors up in the city of Grand Rapids, 20, 20 to 30, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're in the 49503 and they're moving outward. And so now oh. we want to connect the 49507 neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So Why would they have one there, Ned? Well, because that's a historically <laughs> no, red line community, and we want to There might know. be a reason why they haven't put one there, you know? Collecting that data might be a little bit too much for people to handle. It, mm-hmm. it could be, but now we're going to put them up. We're ready and, for it. Yeah, Just Air's putting them in, and that's exciting. C4's helping to do the community engagement and get the neighbors out, because once you get these monitors up, then you can translate the information onto a dashboard, an app on your phone. Oh. You can pull up this app. You can get alerts from this app. I do get the text alerts from Just Air. Yeah, you signed up, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you get the text alert that says, hey, the air quality by one of the monitors is low. You can take a look. Mm-hmm. Somebody with a family, you've talked about emphysema or asthma or COPD or any of these Everything. breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's the air quality like today? And should I stay indoors? Should I wear a mask when I'm out and about? Mm-hmm. Um, should I get out of town for a few days? And I want to oh. I want to add to that, like, Air quality equals so much more than just your breathing. That relates to your heart. It relates to your blood. And if your blood isn't properly moving, that is going to impact your entire system. And so people see impacts from this so much further than Mm -hmm. I can't breathe. It's Yeah. 
I literally can't, my heart's not working properly. And like, so I I think this is great one to have people be like, Hey, no, we need to do better. But also like, it just gives reason um, for, I don't know. I feel like it validates things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when people talk about like, Hey, our neighborhood has asthma at a higher rate. They're like, yeah, yeah, we got it. That's mm-hmm. right. That's like, no, air quality. We can prove why. That's yeah. right. So all these partnerships that C4 is getting into, um, take, for example, the city of Grand Rapids. We do some work with them in that they're designing a climate action and adaptation plan. Mm-hmm. Very popular now that cities come up with these kind of plans mm-hmm. and make them resident-driven. Yeah. C4 is helping with the community engagement on the, the cap. Oh, yep. Climate action and adaptation plan. Climate change is real. Climate change is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who say, well, we'll just do a few things and things are going to go back the way they used to be. Never. Nope. We don't, well, we can't say never, but not for a long time. Not for a while. And know. so we have to adapt to the climate as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, we want to try to halt it, arrest climate change right now mm-hmm. so that it doesn't get worse and then adapt to things uh, the way things are. Mm-hmm. So C4 has got lots of plans for, you know, in the future, taking this climate action adaptation plan, number one, educating the general population about climate change and climate Mm -hmm. justice issues, too. What do you do? How do you take action? What can you do as an individual? What can we do as a city? We have a lot of advocacy uh, with the city. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of different things that cities can do and that the residents Mm -hmm. of cities can do. But Mm -hmm. we want to be ready we want to have a plan for climate action and adaptation. Yeah. Um, there's so many pieces. There's so many pieces. Uh, so Eric and I have only been in the, doing this work for, what is it, like seven-ish months now? Yeah. <laughs> Officially. Um, it sounds so, yeah. uh, it just well, is so young when you say it, but it yeah. is. Yeah. But I've enjoyed um, watching you guys work. You guys have been amazing in the seven months. We are growing. Thank you um, for saying that. But so, you know, I've only seen like about that much about, of C4 and like that journey. Um, but what are some milestones that you've reached since C4 started and up until like this point? Uh, well, number one, we've really ha- made an impact in the BIPOC community. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks that just were never even, when when survival is your number one issue, mm-hmm. people don't, we know. <laughs> they're not thinking much about climate change and, mm-hmm. you know, all the environmental issues and such. Mm-hmm. We've done a nice job of being able to draw the intersection of climate justice, environmental justice, and mm-hmm. these issues, bringing people to the table. So that that's one. It's the educational piece, and then the activation of residents mm-hmm. is big. Okay. Yeah. That's a milestone. And then secondly, C4 had immediate impact when I did a presentation at a neighborhood, um, at the Neighborhood Association Collaborative. There are 31 mm-hmm. neighborhoods in Grand Rapids, and I did a presentation about C4, what we're doing, how we're trying to do it. Mm-hmm. So we put that information out into the neighborhood network. Mm-hmm. Not a week or two later, a neighborhood association gets a call from a neighbor. Hey, I live just outside of Grand Rapids, right next to your neighborhood, and I need help. And this neighbor, that's what they do. Neighborhood associations help people. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not one of our constituents, but we'd be happy to help anyway. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Hey, the, the city next door, they want to put in a new development on the Grand River. And all the neighbors in this neighborhood, we walk our dogs, we uh, go down by the creek, which leads to the river, and we enjoy this green space. <gasps> and they're going to put in a 20-acre development. They're going to oh. cut down. The neighbors went out, and the neighbors counted. There were 200 trees that More were going to be More copy-and-pasted, cookie-cutter houses. What? 
And when they they're not made efficiently either or to last. I call them pop up homes is exactly what I call them. Nothing that goes up in three months I can trust to live in for 30 plus years. That's right. So this neighbor calls the neighborhood association who says, I just heard a presentation from C4. You should call the project coordinator. Mm -hmm. They call me and I say, oh, well, here's a couple things you need to think about. You need to go to your city commission. You need to ask them, have you done an environmental study? Have you Mm -hmm. done a watershed study? Have you done any of these kind of studies that, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was like, that's a fantastic idea. And then he went out and he did some homework and he went to a city council. And lo and behold, they had not done any of these environmental things, only to find when they did that this little tributary down to the Grand River, there's certain insects and frogs and different things in there and different wildlife. And the whole project was put on hold, hopefully, permanently. um, Because That's great, though, because they were like, hey, there's these species here that we need to protect, right? Yeah, so C4 saved... Uh, 200 trees and a whole habitat down by the Grand River. Handful of froggies. Just by disseminating information. Yeah. And that's the part of it that I love is getting people who might not have this information, but also closer to the ones who are facing these issues. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't know who to talk to, Mm -hmm. or if you're not hearing this information, then you're not giving this information to your people. Right. Yeah, and if one person knows about it, and they're like, "Hey, like I was able to put a pause on this project, and they yeah. can spread it to their friends, and hopefully, you know, it can yeah. become like a thing." Um, mm-hmm. All my people know about what I do for work. Like, Another milestone that I would lift up would be, um, you know, because we are BIPOC and we have this indigenous connection, we've been uh, working with um, Ron Yab and the little band of Ottawa Indians, okay, mm-hmm. and trying to. Ha- Support them. Uh, you know, we just, we, uh, you know, give moral support for mm-hmm. their search for federal recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that people recognize that there's still a tribe that hasn't been recognized, even though there was a treaty signed um, by the United States government. It's all in writing. So the government's just kind of like, oh, them, oh, they're extinct. Like, are they just, like, not recognizing them in that way? Um, well, yeah, they've been, they've been lifting this treaty up and said, hey, there's a group of people here. Little band of Ottawa Indians, and we have this treaty. It's signed by the U.S. government, recognizes us as a federal sovereign nation. There are 12, um, current, I think currently there are 12 sovereign nations in Michigan, Mm -hmm. and they're looking to be the 13th. Okay, and so we my favorite number just trying to advocate for them, Mm -hmm. um, uh, write letters of support, talk to local politicians. How strange that you need anything more than the recognition you already have for them to implement that as something that's legitimate yeah Yeah. like is it not enough to go up to someone and say hey i'm native i'm indigenous can i get the recognition that i feel i deserve like it should just be like yes what else can i do for you Mm -hmm. yes and yeah so i I sat down and i read the treaty and it was was, took place in chicago Mm -hmm. because that was the they controlled this territory which wasn't was it even a state yet? Uh, right. Uh, but <laughs> as they eyed this land that they were going to take, there was this treaty, mm-hmm. and I, it struck me that one of the officiants who um, witnessed the signing of the treaty was a man named Jacob Varnum. And then, lo and behold, I'm like, Varnum. That's that very sounds familiar. familiar. That sounds very familiar. You know, and I, look I, at, you like, hmm? I look at the map in the treaty, and then there's this piece of land that's carved out and set aside. For some of the, you know, the natives got this, that, and the other, but the, you know, the government officials often did quite well during these treaties as well. Oh, yeah. they paid themselves a cut. 
So uh, the reason why Varnum is familiar is because his name's slapped on a building in Grand Rapids on a major piece of land Huge down piece. by the Grand River. Literally smack dab. And you can't maybe miss it's coincidental. the building. Maybe it's coincidental. I haven't done the due diligence There's to trace it all the way back. There's a potential that it is. There's oh, a potential that this efficient who was in the U.S. government got a nice chunk of land. How many Varnums do you know? Well, it's not a very familiar name. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So these kind of connections, historical um, injustices, yeah. um, a, a tribal community that can't be recognized mm-hmm. c4 is about all these kind of things and you say well what does that have to do with climate change these there's an intersection between climate justice environmental justice and even social justice mm-hmm. as we're speaking of here mm-hmm. uh, and so c4 is just all about justice and what can we do to help the marginalized folks in society that are mm-hmm. suffering from climate change yeah. wow i dig that shizzle what can we do to get back to where we were before colonialism and before our ideals and that I- yeah. like that mindset came mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Um, another question we have is, uh, what's your vision for like the future of C four? Like, where do you see it going? Um, C four is we currently talked about the past. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, past, present, and future. That? I did. C four is a three year pilot, so the grant dollars oh. that we received. Um, were to be consumed and used in three years. Mm-hmm. And then in the uh, final year, pardon me, the final six months of the project, there's an evaluation period that goes through, um, how did C4 do? Did we meet the deliverables? Um, did it have value? Should mm-hmm. it um, continue on? Should it become, a, should they pilot again for another few years? Should they dissolve? Should they become a 501C3? There's this internal evaluation that will take place. Oh, so what is C4 right now? It's a pilot. It's a, we are a community-based organization. Okay. So, so it's we, not a it's nonprofit a is what we, he's saying. Yeah, yeah, we are not a nonprofit. We are, in, so in fact, in order to receive grant dollars from the nonprofit world, we had to form fiduciary relationships. Um, that's what community-based organizations have to do. Mm-hmm. There's a whole <laughs> we myriad. We that we're not that, talking just to each other sometimes. That's right. There's this whole myriad of... 501c3s in the city mm-hmm. of Grand Rapids, and C4 was very intentional and said, let's find black and brown um, 501c3s. Mm-hmm. So Michigan Black Expo Incorporated is one of the fiduciary partners of C4. You have more than one? We do. Does that get messy? It doesn't. Oh. So far, so good. Okay. Yep, That's so awesome. we've deposited um, a good bit of the grant dollars with Michigan Black Expo, mm-hmm. and then the Hispanic Center of West Michigan is the mm-hmm. other fiduciary. So, oh, so you have two? We do have two. That's and keeping cool. it in-house, yep. keeping it keeping as it by brown as possible. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. So um, one of the other pieces there is just the, the equity. C4 said equity is at the heart of what we're doing. And so these Hispanic and black nonprofits have been underutilized for many, many years. And mm-hmm. so... C4 said, let's build in a 15% administrative fee. So when we receive, receive the, um, the dollars from the founders or funders, mm-hmm. an administrative fee of 15% goes to the fiduciaries. Oh, okay. So, so they receive those dollars, and then mm-hmm. that's their... Boosting that local economy. Yeah, then yeah. they get an opportunity. To, we build capacity within mm-hmm. those organizations. Okay. Yeah. You build relationships. That's where to get back. And it's easier to, right? Like, of course, I'm going to support you. You're supporting me. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it all makes sense and it keeps each other afloat because you wouldn't be there without each other. Mm-hmm. That's, I a, love that, that. that's right. I love that. Okay, but you're going to say what you will want to do for the next, like, five or ten years or something. 
yeah. my goodness. Oh, wait, no, it's, that's it's, because it's a three-year thing. What, yeah. what would you what like I've for seen. it to be after wow. the evaluation oh, oh, oh. period? Just what I've seen, C4 Dreams. is highly effective. C4 is meeting all of its deliverables and exceeding mm-hmm. um, beyond the deliverables. And mm-hmm. so it's well-positioned to become its own entity moving forward. Yeah. Okay. And... Uh, there's just some really incredible stuff happening. You know, at the federal level, you've got the Justice 40 Initiative or Executive mm-hmm. Order by President mm-hmm. Biden. Yeah. So those two bills that I talked about, the mm-hmm. IIJA and the IRA, these billions of dollars that are going to flow, 40% of those dollars are supposed to benefit the BIPOC community. Mm-hmm. And so having community-based organizations like C4, we're in a position to be helpful. Is yeah. it terrible that part of me is just like only 40%? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you if you go back to affirmative action, that was ten percent. Oh, I was gonna say, I think that um, if we complain about forty, they're gonna take it back. <laughs> You're right. Oh, that's so terrible. No, I'm okay. kidding. But it's uh, I'm it's totally really kidding. powerful. So so I see C four being highly effective and you know becoming its own entity, mm-hmm. moving forward and just really the good. It, it it's designed. C four is designed as a template. Mm-hmm. You could have this kind of a group in any community where you have a lot of frontline folks that are in the BIPOC population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it would be good for Kalamazoo, good for Benton Harbor, good for Flint, good mm-hmm. for Detroit, good for any of the states. Um, implement that same yeah. idea across the board in our state yeah. to get like, that just... Yeah, because yeah, I really love the hyper-local thing of having um, like all these like neighborhood ambassadors. Like I feel like that's so genius because it's such a mm-hmm. way to not only like invest in the local community, um, but then also to create almost like a chain of communication between like neighbors ambassadors yeah. like you know and then just like have that ladder all the way up to like city yep and like it's just a really great like domino effect and like i like that a lot i imagine it was like a pyramid too like the people who live in a city or in a town are the base right? right and like if you're not stable it doesn't matter what you put on top of it mm-hmm. it's gonna crumble it's gonna move it's gonna fall like you can't be at the top and then have your like foundation, your foundation just yeah it just i mean only works so long mm-hmm. good, Absolutely. L- good luck with your pop-up home <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, big shout out to nancy who's uh, organizing the <laughs> farmer's market c4 loves farmer's markets i love a farmer's market um, literally c4 eating more loves farmer's we market. do because literally <laughs> that proud endorser <laughs> of a one of the solutions to climate change is eating less meat and yes. eating more vegetables. And also eating food that's grown and harvested locally because it's Local a smaller first. harvest. Uh, it's like, uh, what is it? Less carbon footprint for your yep. food. Mm-hmm. Um, so every episode we do a call to action and maybe that could be our call to action. Um, I don't know if we've done this yet, um, but mm-hmm. Meatless Mondays is a thing. So it's a really great way to kind of get into those types of things without completely changing your life right like Mm -hmm. it's really hard for us to implement changes and Mm -hmm. habits meatless monday could just include you deciding to not eat meat for that day Mm -hmm. Um, but you could also maybe just decide to take meat out of one meal that you would conventionally have Mm -hmm. that might not feel like it's necessary or even just saying no to something or getting something plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I, do like the Catholics and not eat meat on Fridays too. There you go. I encourage you to pick a day or pick a specific meal that you know you could substitute out and choose that. Um, a huge part of the reason is water waste, right? Like mm. an incredible amount of water for animal, for livestock, takes mm-hmm. so much more than it does for most plants to be oh, grown. Man. 
And so that alone, on top of the fact that we should probably most definitely be treating animals a whole lot better mm-hmm. um, than we do. But yeah, that's Nobody maybe wants to eat sad meat. My little don't eat sad meat. Yeah. And then one day of a week, don't eat meat at all. <laughs> or two days. <laughs> that's right. Or two days or, or seven days. I mean, yeah, whatever works whatever for works you. For you. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear you give a call to action. Um, in 2023, C4 has declared 2023 a year of action. Oh. Yep. It's oh, time. Have, uh, I've heard this a lot, yeah, but like it, I it, like hearing it as framed that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a year of action in that so many people have been We've had so many meetings, so many strategizing, mm-hmm. so much planning, so much um, incubation, <clears throat> incubation, so much preparation. All the groundwork is laid. Mm-hmm. We need to get out and we need to take action. Mm-hmm. You need to go to the Just Air Workshop. You need to get on to mm-hmm. C4collaboration.org and find out about C4. You need to find out what local organizations like UCC are doing. They've mm-hmm. got a whole environmental um a uh, wing going, a yeah. uh, team going over there. They're a cool team, too. Climate Justice Warriors. The <laughs> NAACP's got um, yep. action going. The Urban League, Michigan Black Expo. The, we're finding the movement is really taking, getting traction. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to um, Governor Gretchen Whitmer and the My Healthy Climate mm-hmm. Plan. Mm-hmm. That My Healthy Climate Plan is deep, it's rich. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of opportunity. The other piece of the we just future. Gotta milk it for all it's worth, you know. Right. Well, the other piece of the future. And is, while she's here, in office. <laughs> but but if we get Before started now, uh-huh. um, there's a lot of green jobs, and that's something that I want to talk about. The future is yes. that people say, well, there's a problem, and we've identified the problem. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money to be made in mm-hmm. the solution mm-hmm. to the problem. Yeah. So, we, um, Robert Simmons, one of our ambassadors, he talks about uh, green entrepreneurism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you know, a lot of times the He's people. Smart. The people who create the problem, then they also get to come in and clean up the problem, and they make all the money, and the the wealth gap continues to grow. We need the BIPOC community recognize there's a lot of money to be made in um, all these green jobs that are going to come. There's 80,000 homes in Grand Rapids, 80,000 homes that need new upgraded electrical panels and all electrical appliances, and that doesn't even count the construction that's going on. So Mm -hmm. get into the trades. Get into HVAC. We love um, the trades. Yep, get into electrician, uh, electrical work and plumbing and heating and cooling and just and everything. And get training and efficiency get when the, you do that. Yes, mm-hmm. and then you start a company and you become the company that can help people weatherize their homes. Totally. And then you're, Tell them. It's, yeah, it's a powerful opportunity. And that's something else that C4 really pushes is kind yeah. of green entrepreneurialism. So it can be green jobs, green careers, and green entrepreneurism. Oh, you might mm. want to team up with uh, Home Repair Services over on Division. Because like, I know they have a lot of workshops already. But if you guys could collaborate on some job training, that might be Home cool. Repair is amazing. Building bridges over at the Center for oh, Transformation. Oh, we love yeah. building bridges. Yeah. Uh, yep. They're dope. Yep, they the M Tech. You know, you guys went to Neighborhood mm-hmm. Summit, I think, right? M Tech, mm-hmm. that whole trade school down there. And also, it's like so. Ex- like, it's like a pretty accessible location there too, which is really it awesome. It is. It is. Oh, that's so exciting, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad that you just said that because um, Nancy and I are passionate about our work, but we did get these jobs specifically because they wanted to hire brown people (laughs) they wanted to hire people of color they wanted to have this influence in this space and so there's no reason i i will ring this bell as loud as i can i am not educated or specifically certified to work in environmental justice i just really care about it ned as you were more certified as being a history or social science uh, teacher don't, don't be daunted you're right friendly reminder that i'm an art major so yeah and also. nancy's art major that's right don't be daunted people say i don't have a phd or i don't oh. have a master's or i don't have a ba yeah you don't need it 
You yeah. just get out there and you get in the field and you, yeah. Um, yeah. you can and learn then, as like, you go. Yeah, and then there's something, I mean, with Erica and myself, I feel like something that we cared about, like, way before getting this job, like, because we cared about climate change already, like, we were already kind of, like, reading things here and there, like, getting educated on some of the issues. Like, I'm sure you knew, like, the gist of what was going on with this. It's a whole lot of documentaries, yeah. I'm going to be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but people Just getting in the rabbit hole, man. <laughs> or yeah. having an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Going to a country where you're seeing this on a large scale, mm-hmm. teaching children about these life these realities of life that we're facing every day, being really connected to indigenous culture, you know, just really mm-hmm. caring about your breathing air. Yeah. These are well, all reasons to be involved with climate. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important to also touch on the excitement of having a space like C4 mm-hmm. for people to incubate ideas mm-hmm. and to grow and to build their communities mm-hmm. in such an effective way. And although uh, this is all very daunting, it is. Um, it's a task that's worth you know, uh, investing in. It's a task Mm -hmm. that's worth taking on. And I'm really appreciative of your leadership skills in order for us to do this. Thank you very much. I'm just trying to do my part. I've enjoyed it myself. It really Mm -hmm. is. And I've loved, I say this every time I've loved learning about you. Like as a person, like Mm -hmm. your story is is super cool. And well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very inspiring. Very inspiring. Um, But do we have, we have a cool sign off. I currently don't. My cool points are <laughs> cool points are out the window, and you got me twisted up in the game. <laughs> if anybody can tell me what that movie is, I'll give you five dollars. I will cash up you if you listen to this and tell me what that is. Oh, oh, um, it's from a, a call movie. out for the listeners, like a little Easter it's from egg a movie. Okay, okay. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have watched it as young as I did. <laughs> um, well, I don't know what it is. So no. I'll live. I'll, I'll, t- sure I'll tell you. One of our done. listeners will get that. Maybe lucky five dollars. That's right. Um, but uh, I don't have a cool sign off. Uh, just the appreciation again for you being here. Next. Thanks so much for listening to the Green Rapids podcast with Erica Bolden and Nancy Morales, the hostesses with the mostesses. <laughs> and yourself. And I'm Ned Andre with the Community Collaboration on Climate Change. Mm-hmm. C4 wants you to know we're out here in the trenches fighting for climate justice in the city of Grand Rapids. Check us out on c4collaboration.org. It's the easiest way to find out about us. c4collaboration.org find out everything you need to know and what's the insta handle same thing i think c4 grand rapids c4 grand rapids, rapids. oh you. nancy you're hired yeah i love it <laughs> that's embarrassing i don't know my own oh, insta i already handle. told ned I, I was like almost can asked I you, come work what, with you what, what, what's, a, what's the insta handle <laughs> um yeah thanks for listening thanks for the conversation ned we'll see you peace out peace peace, peace.